Hey there, how are you? I hope you are having an amazing day or evening, depending on when you're here. Today, we are going to be talking about how to give performance reviews. So stay with me. You're listening to Career Talk Learn, Grow, Thrive podcast, where we talk about all things career-related. I tell you how it is, and we get right to the point. I am your host, Stephanie Dennis. My background is in HR, which is what I have my master's degree in, and this is a good time to mention this podcast does contain adult language. Let's get into it here. So how to give performance reviews. We've talked a lot about what you should do in your performance review. Today, we're going to turn the tables a little bit and talk about being on the other side and giving a performance review to someone on your team. So let's get into the tips here. Number one, track your employees' progress all year. Good and let's not use the word bad, let's say areas of improvement. So we want to make sure that when it's time to give a performance review, we're not scrambling trying to think of all of the things that have (laughs) happened over the past, you know, six months, maybe a year, whatever it might be. That is a little bit challenging. And we talk about that on the other side of the house too. When it's time to complete your own performance reviews, you want to have a list, an ongoing list of things that you're keeping track of so you can fill out yours relatively quickly. Same thing applies when you're doing this for your employees. I promise you, this is going to save you hours of your life. Typically, managers spend a ton of time trying to do performance reviews because they honestly forget. (laughs) And they rely heavily on the employees to submit their feedback and then use that as kind of the, you know, jumping off point, so to speak. It will also help you be less biased and focus on the whole year versus maybe a more recent experience. So let's say your employee is doing really, really good the last 90 days, but they had some serious issues at the beginning of the year. You want to give them credit for that improvement, but you also don't want to bias it with that last 90 days. And on the flip side, let's say they were crushing it the first nine months of the year. And then the last three months, they had some issues. Maybe there's some family stuff going on and their performance kind of slipped. You don't want the most recent experience or performance to bias an entire year's worth of work. Number two, try and remain as objective as possible. Remove any, you know, personal information from the evaluations. Really try and sit back and look at this from an objective point of view. I know that's not always easy. However, as leaders, it's our job to make sure things are fact-based. They are performance-based. There's data, so on and so forth, to back up whatever we're putting in a performance review. Number three, make sure we're providing a path forward. This is really important. Oftentimes, employees are going to leave a performance review and either feel really motivated or feel like they missed out on something and they're not sure where they're going next. So it's up to us as leaders to provide that path forward so they're not sitting around and guessing. Number four, share very specific examples. It's really great to say your performance has been awesome. (laughs) Like, okay, what does that mean? (laughs) And it's a very different conversation to say your performance has been awesome. Q1, you are 130% to goal. Q2, you are 187% to goal, like whatever it might be, and have data and facts and very specific examples. Or maybe this person finished a project, you know, 34 days early and $10,000 under budget. You know, those are very good examples. And it's also very specific examples that has tied directly to company performance, good and possibly negative. 
Number five, offer specific next steps to help them achieve their goals. So you as their leader should know what their goals are, where they want to go next, what are they aiming for. And as their leader, it is our job to help our employees and our team achieve those goals. So if you have a performance review and you're asking, okay, what's next for you? What do you want to do next? And they say, okay, I want to make a career change to this. Great. And they're not sure where to start, or maybe they offer up some ideas. It's our job to help say, that's a great start. Here's how I can help. And very specifically, here's what I'm going to do as a next step by this particular date. We want our employees to know that we care about their progress because when they don't know that, they're going to find a leader who shows them that. And it's really hard, as everyone knows, to attract top talent that stays. So when you have that, we need to make sure we're doing everything in our power to keep them. Number six, consult with HR. This isn't even if something is only negative or only positive. Most performance reviews have both, right? You know, the things we did great, and then also areas we can improve. Either way, a good best practice is to consult with HR before you're providing a performance review, just for that second set of eyes, maybe third set of eyes, depending on if your manager has already looked at them, um, and making sure that you're not missing anything, you didn't phrase anything, you know, in like a concerning kind of way. It's just a good idea in general. And then also typically HR is going to be part of increases and so on and so forth. So they're going to probably have to be part of the conversation anyway, or at least part of the preparation for your conversation. Number seven, share with your manager for feedback. So regardless of who's first, whether you give your performance reviews to your manager first and then HR, or maybe have HR look at it and then give to your manager for final, you know, feedback or look over or possibly approval. Sometimes they have to be approved. Making sure that we're not in our own bubble, that we're having other people involved in the process. It's going to help make it a smoother process, help make sure that um, you didn't miss anything, help make sure that we're following you know, whatever rules, guidelines, best practices the company has set forth, making sure that we're not phrasing anything in a way that is going to raise red flags or possibly get us into a situation that would be challenging to get out of, so on and so forth. And especially if you're a newer leader, you definitely want to have input and feedback. And performance reviews are part of your job, so you're going to want feedback on how you're doing for your job for your performance review. <laughs> Number eight, look at their performance from various aspects, right? So we're looking at goals. We're looking at, um, are they on time? We're looking at deadlines. We're looking at how they work with the team, how they collaborate with others, projects they've participated in, metrics, quality, quantity, are they solution-oriented, so on and so forth. I feel like a lot of times performance reviews can be kind of narrow, feeling a little bit like tunnel vision is a good example. And what we really don't want to do is make our employees feel like we forgot a huge part of their performance or their job. So make sure that we are looking at it from various angles, various aspects, various categories or buckets or you know whatever you want to call it. So it doesn't feel as though we're just kind of going through the motions and checking the box to do the thing because we're told to do the thing, right? <laughs> Number nine, provide feedback all year in your one-on-ones, not just at performance review time. Performance review cycles are great. They're a good opportunity for everybody to get on the same page, have alignment, and so on and so forth. However, if this is the only time of the year, whether it's quarterly, twice a year, annually, whatever it might be for you, if this is the only time of the year that you are doing performance reviews, that is a problem. Most managers should have weekly one-on-ones, if not every other week, at a very bare minimum once a month, depending on what level you are within 
within an organization. So if you report into a CEO, you may not have a weekly one-on-one simply due to time, right? However, if you're a frontline manager, your people need to be checked in with once a week, in my opinion. Number 10, if the employee worked with other leaders, get their feedback as well. So it truly is an all-encompassing, thorough performance review. It's not just your perspective. Number 11, be clear, be to the point, and be direct. You don't want to have fluff or floof or just general bullshit that doesn't need to be in there, right? We want people, again, to walk away knowing exactly what they did well, what they need to improve on, and what those next steps are. And if we're adding a lot of fluff and kind of BS, that could blur those very clear lines that we're trying to lay out. And not in a bad way, like you crossed a line. I don't mean it that way. It's just people like clarity and especially in the corporate world, there is a whole lot of ambiguity. So where we can provide clarity uh, as leaders, we definitely have to. Number 12, ask questions. Ask them how they're feeling, what their goals are, how they feel they performed this year, what they want to do next, so on and so forth. It should be a conversation. It shouldn't just be you talking to your team members. Number 13, leave time for them to ask questions. Employees often have a lot of questions and a lot of times performance reviews can be a lot to process, especially if it didn't go as the employee thought it might go. So they may be processing, they may have questions, they may need time to process. Maybe they're going to have follow-up questions at a later time. So you definitely want to leave time in the conversation for them to ask questions right away. And then also a best practice to schedule a quick check-in. Let them know, of course, like you don't want them to feel like, oh my gosh, what's this random meeting about? Like just a quick follow-up if you have any questions post-performance review, just to make sure that if there are any issues that you have an opportunity to address them. Performance reviews often is where people decide, am I going to stay or am I going to leave? (laughs) So if they have questions that they didn't ask and they didn't think of during the conversation and they don't have an opportunity to ask them at a different time, they may just opt to say, fuck it and leave. Um, And if they're a good employee, we definitely don't want that. Obviously, you're not going to cherry pick who you have follow-up conversations with. If you do it for one, do it for all, make it fair, make it, you know, all that good stuff. But yes, questions are important. Number 14, make sure it's a conversation. Um, I touched on it in one of the other ones, but it's not just you talking at them. You know, it's a conversation. They're providing their input. They're asking questions. You're asking questions. You're providing your input. It's back and forth. You know, think of it like a volleyball game or a tennis match or, you know, fill in the blank of your preferred sport. (laughs) Number 15, set follow-ups if it makes sense to do so. And this is also definitely for the questions, right? Like the number 13, but also depending on what the next steps are, depending on what the goals are, right? That kind of follow-up is what this one's referencing. So if you and your team member decide you are going to collaborate with a different team on a new project, everybody's excited about it. We want to make sure we're checking in on how that project is going, how that collaboration is going, what support do they need, so on and so forth. 16, offer to help. Explicitly offer your help. How can I help, right? (laughs) Whether it's how can I help you improve? How can I help you achieve your goals? Ask that question. How can I help you? What do you need from me? What do you want from me? That sort of thing. 
Number 17, provide very clear expectations. If you expect a certain thing from your employees, you need to very explicitly tell them what that thing is. If it is a numbers goal, maybe it's like you need to be 105% by the end of Q2. And if this doesn't happen, we're going to have a follow-up conversation, right? If it's performance related and kind of an improvement kind of way. If it is a great thing, be like great next steps, go do some research on, you know, learning that new skill you told me you wanted to learn and we can collaborate together on next steps, whether it's a class or a webinar or an online certification, whatever it might be. And we're going to do a follow-up in two weeks from now because my expectation is that we get going on this, right? Whatever it is for you, just make sure we're being very clear. Number 18, set the agenda up front so they know what to expect during the conversation. Adults specifically love to understand what is the meeting going to look like? How is the conversation going to flow? Right. So maybe at the beginning, you have three minutes and say, right, today we're going to cover your performance review. I'm going to start with all of your wins and accomplishments. And then we're going to spend a couple minutes talking about areas of improvement. And then we're going to collaborate on ways we can improve. And then I'm going to leave you time for questions. And then we'll end with setting uh, any next steps, whatever the agenda is, like whatever makes sense for you. Right. But just make sure a quick 30, 60, 90 seconds, if it's a couple minutes, cool. Usually these conversations are 30 to 60 minutes anyway. So setting the tone up front is really important. Number 19, prepare. Make sure you create an outline or you're going to have your notes ready to go. It's easy to forget key items that can make a really big difference when we're kind of going through a lot of information at once. In someone's performance, whether it's quarterly, semi-annually, annually, whatever it might be, there's a lot to cover there, right? So you want to make sure you don't miss anything. So creating outlines, bullet points, notes. Obviously, you don't have to share that with the employee, but you want to make sure that you have that. It's kind of like if you're presenting a slideshow and you have the presenter notes and then you have the slideshow itself, <laughs> you want to make sure you have your presenter notes ready. Number 20, we are focusing on facts, not feelings, period. <laughs> I know we talk about checking in with your feelings on the podcast. Performance review is not time for that. Um, this is based on facts and what happened and data and numbers and all the good things versus like, I feel like you did a great job this year. It's like, okay, based on what? <laughs> Why do you feel that way? <laughs> 21. Be authentic, be honest, be transparent. I've had a lot of really amazing leaders and I've had a lot of really terrible leaders. And when they come across as inauthentic and kind of shady and like they're hiding something, it just feels gross. So be authentic, be honest, be transparent. It will build a lot of trust with your team. Number 22, should you be so bold? <laughs> Ask if they have feedback for you. You don't have to do this, but I do think there's a lot we can learn as leaders by simply asking our team, like, this is all I have for our conversation today. We've answered your questions. Of course, if any more come up, definitely reach out and let me know. I'll leave the last couple minutes for you to share if you have any feedback for me. And they may not, but there might be something that could be a really quick, easy change that can make a huge impact that it's in our blind spot. We're just not thinking about it. So you just never know. And number 23, if you do a performance review in person, make sure someone is physically comfortable. Like we're in a quiet space. There aren't distractions. It's in an area where it's private because this is a confidential conversation. We're not sitting on like the cafeteria benches at school type of <laughs> environment, right? Like we're in a meeting room that has a table or maybe just a couple chairs. Maybe they're cushy fun chairs. I don't don't know. But these conversations can be challenging sometimes, not always, um, but they can be. Uh, so we want to make sure physically we're just, we're in a good space, right? Where we're not having a lot of chaos and uncomfortable surroundings. 
That is what I have for you today. Hopefully that was helpful, valuable. If you have a topic you want me to cover, reach out, let me know. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here and listening. I really appreciate it. Check out the website, stuffdennis.com, good information, podcast directory, all that good jazz. You can support the show many ways, listening, sharing with a friend, monetarily, PayPal, Cash App, and Venmo. And then Spotify also has a new monthly donation subscription option, which I will have all the links below. And then of course, by leaving a rating and or review. Uh, I'm on the socials, stuffdennis13, Instagram and TikTok and then Instagram at Career Talk Podcast as well. We are written, produced, hosted, and edited by yours truly. You are so amazing. So awesome. I hope you have a lovely rest of your day.